Welcome to this edition of Brother Reg. You're joined by Reg Allen, that's me, and my friends. We've got London on the track. What's up? Marco. Hi, it's Marco. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Every time. Um, did you know I'm actually the second? Marco the second. Marco Reyes the second. Marco Reyes the second Thank from... You. Mud, Mud Lake, Lake Crystal, Crystal Lake, Lake. <laughs> get it right. <laughs> and we're also joined by our friend Erica. Hello. We're we're excited to have Erica. She's um, back by popular demand. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk about fear of failure. Really, part two. The last episode we spent time kind of diving into what failure is, what shame, guilt, and perfectionism is, and we were all we got all got done with the recording. We thought. Okay, so now what? You know, now now we've got to explore what that means. And and Marco and London and myself, we've got some questions to be able to ask Erica as our as our guide today. I wanted to give an update on my million dollar challenge, but before I do, I want to just share my my stray thought that I've been thinking about today. I was thinking about something happened to me when I turned forty years old, where I just started thinking. What is it that I'm really hoping to portray or be for people and for myself? And I was thinking, I've probably spent a decent chunk of my life spending time managing others' expectations and being who others wanted me to be at times, which in and of itself isn't bad if it's congruent with who you are. But I also thought to myself, I need to be more true and authentic to who I am and the people that are going to like that, they're going to appreciate that I'm being authentically me. And the people that don't like who I am authentically, that means they wouldn't have liked me before. So there was no reason. It was all false pretense if they liked me before and it was based on anything other than who I was. So just today I've been thinking about that, thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to be more me. And some of you are already thinking, Reg, I think that you're already too much you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just kind of my, my straight thought. I, I also have been getting messages from people asking me what how things are going with the Million Dollar Challenge. I'm proud to report that we have the um, new clients for our travelbysurprise.com business, which is exciting. So we're building vacations for people. Nice. And we also have new cleaning clients that just came Ooh. on more today that's impressive that weren't family members <laughs> <laughs> awesome which i'm also pumped about and then i think right now i'm sitting at about four thousand three hundred dollars in cash and then and then those two businesses fully functional from the dollar which i'm pumped about that's so crazy that's incredible congratulations the other day someone messaged me and they were like hey would you be willing to write this high stakes email for me for a hundred dollars? And I'm like, and I thought about it for a minute and then actually for about 10 seconds, I said, yes, <laughs> because I thought as long as it's going in the million dollar challenge, I'm in. <laughs> so that's, it's continuing on. Uh, also, I've had a few people text me recently to join the, uh, the stretch your reality challenge. For anyone that would like to receive that challenge, I've got a fancy system that you can just text the word reality to the number 31996. And then you just get the challenges every day. And if if uh, if you hear the challenge, 
and it seems like it would be something that you'd like to do, then benefit from the creativity and just and do something fun. And um, some of them will resonate with you more than others, but the ones that resonate with you, I say take it on as a challenge and, and see how it goes for you. I think, I think it could produce some benefits for you, so I hope that you'll love that. So if you want to be a part of that challenge, text the word reality to 31996. Also, my last follow-up, I went, you, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, the podcast aired where I talked about going and visiting with the two couples from my, from my life that have made the greatest impact in my life. And one of, the, one of those couples, I went down with the Stones and visited with them in Midway, Utah. And despite the fact that I, I had this feeling that there was no way they were going to let me record what they were going to share with me because I just, I know them. But I did talk them into letting me record what they said with the assurance that I would never share the recording. So I'm not able to air it, but it's something that I'll always treasure. And their advice to me was just totally on the mark. One of the things that they said to me that I'd, I'd like to just share was they mentioned to me that they see my role as now looking to to train other mentors to bless more people rather than just just mentoring, which is also valuable, but to actually mentor others to mentor is is the next opportunity to be able to share talents in a way that can can produce additional results. So I I loved my visit with them. Let's see. Well, Erica, first, welcome back. Thanks. Welcome <laughs> Thanks, back. Thanks, guys. It's we, good to be back. All of us have been excited to have you here. I, I speak for all of us. We loved having you here <laughs> last time. That's true. And yeah. they're very agreeable with having <laughs> speak for you. <laughs> no. Is that true or false? No, no. I'm so false. excited that you're back again. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, We're your too. biggest fans. Seriously. Thanks. And you're now right. everyone that listens to it. The first three. Fans. No, Yay. no. We're the OG. <laughs> we're, the we're the original gang. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed heard, you knew that. I've heard that the I've heard that the um that the gangs are pretty heavy in Saskatchewan, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh Speedy Creek. And Prairie Dogs. Where they yeah. It's it's crazy <laughs> up there. Prairie Dogs. Okay. So Erica, welcome back. And like I mentioned when we teed this up, we we left last time thinking we had a good basis or a good groundwork to, to explore, and now we wanted to be able to just ask you questions and get practical advice on on where we head now for us and in our lives. And I think that a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to this too. I'll uh, let let's see let's see our questions. So what we got? Okay. Can I, I start? Just kidding. You start. <laughs> Some wrestle. At me. Whoa, just because he's looking at you doesn't mean he wants to choose you. <laughs> Marco, please. <laughs> he's looking at me. Come on. Exactly. You go, Marco. Okay. Fear and realizing you have fear is just daunting. So you're kind of like, okay, maybe I just will sit with it. So, like, is it okay to be afraid? Is it okay to just, like, sit with that fear for a while? Yes, totally. Like, I love that that's the first question because going into this episode, the thought that came into my mind is first understanding, like we talked a lot about self-awareness last time and understanding what your fears are and understanding kind of what your responses are. And that 
actually is a practical first step, even though it doesn't feel like it because you're not doing anything different. You're just thinking of yourself. I um, mean, you're trying to create that introspection. That is a huge first step. Curiosity of self is huge. And so leading into that is, okay, this is how I feel. Now I need to learn how to accept it. And that's where that question leads you. It's like, this is what's going on for me. And instead of fighting and resisting it, because that's just going to cost more anxiety and stress and yeah. depression <laughs> and all of the stuff that already was probably happening, it can create less suffering is really the, the I shouldn't say it's the ultimate goal, but it is a goal that is often overlooked. To create less suffering in your life will lead you to more joy. So if I'm recognizing my fear and I'm sitting with it, there's a, there's got to be a semblance of acceptance in doing that. And that creates sometimes a release of resistance. And that can continue to go towards that path of more healing and understanding and acceptance and change. And that can actually lead to more practical things that I'm doing differently, but, but I'm not going to make many more changes unless I accept what's really going on. I've spent a large amount of time kind of just like upset with who I am. And even the switch from realizing that this is who I am and being okay with it, not loving myself yet, but just being okay was a huge difference. Instead I of trying to change yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, I like so easily was able to um, do things in my life that made me more happy. Yeah, because there was less resistance to who you were. Yeah. Erica, I don't, I don't know how the, well this applies, but I was thinking about the power of, of sharing some of our narrative and story. And when I shared, I, for years after my failure, I had this hesitation to even mention it. It was like this deep, dark area where I wasn't willing to explain Press it, and it just compounded in my mind. But now I'm here. I am. I'm talking to thousands of listeners now, sharing some of my failures, the reason why. And over time, the more I've shared that story, it seems to have weakened some of the power that it that it kind of had on me. Mm -hmm. Failure in general. I don't know. I don't know if there's something to that as well. Oh, I I think there totally is. Because, so we're working through different steps. And I mean, there's a million different steps and a million different approaches when it comes to healing and therapy. But, um, uh, so going back to the whole shame and guilt thing, that's all based on Brene Brown's research and theory. Did I give her a shout out last time? If I didn't, I'm doing that now. Read her stuff. She's amazing. Um, but in that, she talks directly about that. First, you have to recognize what the shame is, be aware of what the shame is, and then you have to speak your shame and share that with another person. And in that moment, you actually are opening yourself up to empathy with the right people. Not everyone's going to empathize. Some people don't understand and some people judge and all of that happens still. But often we are given empathy, which helps minimize the shame helps us to feel better about ourselves because it was the shame that made you feel like that was a failure. And so when you're sharing your story and people are loving you anyways, it helps you to love yourself too. And so there's less shame around whatever that story is, as well as fantastic science that happens in our bodies that helps us feel connected to other people, which feels good. There's oxytocin. Like when we talk about our stories and we open up and we empathize, I, I joke with groups about this. You can get high on oxy. It's just the good kind of oxy <laughs> when you talk to people and you open up. Because even as we're talking right now and, and we open up about our stories here, like there's oxytocin that releases in our brain that makes us feel closer to each other. And so that is a healing thing. And that is a positive thing that 
literally is happening in our bodies, which I think is amazing. So yeah, sharing your story is huge. And I think it's more than just being aware and being brave enough, because it does take a lot of courage. It's, it's more than being brave enough to say it out loud, but it also invites you into a community of belonging, which that continues to help you feel better. When we're belonging with others, we're not as alone, and the shame wants us to be alone. You know, that's the, that's the hardest part of that fear, is that we're the only one dealing with this, and no one has any idea what I'm going through. We feed that in weird ways, too. I, when I used to write in a journal, I would write in my journal as if, oh, man, someone in, the, in future decades, my posterity is going to read this, and I really want to make sure that they read something amazing. <laughs> you know, I want them to read this and think, man... My great-great-grandfather that, that looked like the rock stunt double was an incredible <laughs> man. <laughs> but, but then I got to this point where I thought, you know, the worst thing I could do is get to a point where my posterity reads something about me and says, I'm, that, that guy wasn't human. I mean, he didn't, he didn't fail. He didn't have problems with self-doubt. He didn't have problems with, with all of these things that humans have. And I could accidentally be harming future generations by pretending as if I was all put together. Mm -hmm. So lately, while I've been writing my journal, if it's a bad day, if I'm if I'm off, and I'm if I'm thinking something that's not great, if I did something that's not great, I would rather have my posterity look back and say, "I love that he owned that he was a crappy dad today." <laughs> you know, that's mm -hmm. that's way better than than them looking and saying, "Wow." Can't relate because there's, there's some people you look at, you're like, I yeah. can't relate to that. And can I be honest with you? I feel like that's part of a big rift that's happening within the Latter-day Saint culture right now is because there is a difficulty in relating with, with leadership personalities and figures because there, there is that they are so perfect and I am so not shift of how do I relate to this? How do I even get through? How can I progress when I feel so far from what they are? So why bother? That, and that's and yeah. that's the danger that some people can see such a, a wide gasp, a gap and just say, well, I'm not. Why, when in why reality, bother? everyone is still imperfect. We just need to be getting better at sharing that with each other. I think there is a mentality of like, if I talk, then people are going to think it's okay to make those mistakes. I disagree with that Ooh, so much. That's, that's a <laughs> I really one. disagree with that. I, I but I heard it. Too. People told me that for years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and maybe it's a generational, generational thing because I think millennials on down respect vulnerability and they want something that they can relate to. They look for authenticity. They really do. I sure do. And I'm only... Well, I'm a millennial. Just barely, though, right? Are you really? I think I am. I think we looked she up the ages. Think, she wants I think to you're be. Sarah, you and Sarah Lynn are both. Yeah, both. we're millennials. But I can relate to that because I so deeply, I mean, I've, me and Reg have had conversations about that, that I am so hungry for something to relate to. to and and for, uh, for me, Erica is in my, in my church congregation. And whenever Erica speaks, I just have this feeling like even with not knowing her that well at the time, I'm like, hey, that's my soul sister. Some, <laughs> somehow like. And, We've bonded in and, similar interests for sure. I, I, think, I think that people, you know, when, when I'm interacting with people, I'm no longer looking for information from people. I just want to feel something. I want to have something that's real. I want to have something that's relatable. He wants the oxy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Me too. 
It and feels so good. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, I want something real. I think people crave something real. Yeah, I agree. And maybe, and maybe Marco and I'm, I'm speaking more to myself more than anything, but maybe, maybe a part of owning that story and having, owning that fear and taking away some of the power in it and, and letting it be open allows for strength that wouldn't be there without it being hidden. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Because I have a follow-up question. Okay. Um, all this talk about vulnerability. At what point do I feel comfortable sharing that? Like, do, should I just, as soon as I'm like, oh, this is kind of scary. Let me share it immediately. Do I wait actually until I, forever to share it? Or do I kind of find like, oh, let me push myself. Because this is kind of scary, but it might be good for me to step out of my comfort zone and do something I'm afraid of. That's a really, really good question. And I don't know if I have a perfect answer. But that's okay, right? Because we're good with imperfections. So I'll <laughs> yeah. give you an imperfect answer. That I think <clears throat> when it comes to vulnerabilities, not everyone deserves our complete honest selves. Um, but as we get more used to being more brave and more authentic, I think we can expand that comfort zone. And so for me... This is how I evaluate because I think everyone has to come to answer that question for themselves. Is like, where can I challenge myself to be more vulnerable more often with more people? And what would the benefit of that be to me? So when I answer that question, it is about me being very self-aware in the moment of, of am I being authentic? Do I have something different to say now or something more important to say or to say in a different way to, to different people that helps me feel real to myself? And that's how I evaluate it. I don't think that is um, a complete answer for all things. It's more from moment to moment for me. So an example would maybe be I'm talking to someone and I feel like I either disagree or I don't agree or I have an idea that pops into my head and it makes me feel vulnerable to say it, but I know it's important to me. So maybe in that situation, I'm brave to say it or not. <laughs> maybe I'm not because sometimes vulnerability is hard and we totally want to dodge it. Or it's a... At church, church, it shows up for me a lot <laughs> where I'm sitting there and I'm not like, me, not me, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just joking. that I, I feel this unrest in myself. Well, cause sometimes it's not always challenging the man. It's not always big things, but it's like when I notice this, I notice like almost an emotional wiggle of like, Ooh, I didn't feel good. <laughs> I love how or, you describe that. <laughs> To me, that's like a signal of like, okay, I need to say something. But that's just one example of so very many. You know, it might not be a discomfort in that way. Maybe it's wanting to connect with someone in a whole new way that's an uncharted territory and there's like a yearning to connect. Um, so that's just how I answer it for me. Does that help, Marco? What are your thoughts? No, yeah, that honestly answers it perfectly. Because I recognize that for me, I kind of like doing hard things and I like to just throw myself out there and for me that's okay okay so something I read online and I thought was really interesting I've been trying to pay attention to lately is um it was just a question it said with your fear are you more afraid of the process or are you more more afraid of the result and I was like whoa this just like put everything into perspective for me um so my question with that is like is that possible to kind of differentiate between those two and if it is like how do you figure that out? Like, how do you figure out, oh, I'm, I don't want the result. Like, I'm fine with the process or like vice versa. 
I think that's that's one you kind of have to answer individually too. I'm sorry, people, you're wanting more concrete <laughs> answers, and I'm like, oh, it just depends, um, because. I, I've worked with people with both things that, you know, say, for example, the fear is the career and they are so terrified of maybe they want to be a doctor and the whole process of going through school and challenging themselves and potentially not getting those perfect grades because maybe they have perfectionism struggles and stuff like that. Like the process of it is terrifying, but the idea of being a doctor feels so right that that really is a safe place that they know they want to help people maybe in whatever way and that that is like a really good thing for them or vice versa. They love school and maybe they want to be a professional student. I've met a lot of those. Me? <laughs> That's all they want to do for the rest <laughs> of their life. Um, but to, to go after being a doctor and possibly fail at it is the biggest part of the fear is that they, you know, what if I do all of that and I don't make it and then what? That was the only plan. Um, so that takes us back to self-awareness again, to asking yourself, like, I love that quote, but you have to ask yourself those hard questions. Maybe what is the product? Wait, did it say product and process or what were uh, the words? Uh, process and result. Okay, process yeah. and result. Like, what is the result of whatever I'm thinking about or worried about? What's the process? How do I feel about both of those things and which one makes me worried more? And maybe it's both. <laughs> 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 Seriously. But maybe it's not and understanding the difference in that can shift things for you. Because say for example going back to that doctor and they feel good about being a doctor and they recognize that, it probably could help them feel a little bit more peace about the process of getting there. That I just need to push through the anxiety of this school and this all of the residency and whatever it because I know once I'm there I will feel good. Right. I don't know. Did that answer? What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, no, that was, I was like, I don't really know if there's thoughts on this. I feel like it is an individual. Like I just wanted, thought. I wanted your professional opinion, but I do have a follow-up question. Okay. Um, so unlike Marco, I don't really think about what Marco thinks about because I just want to get right to the point. <laughs> um, so my question with that then is like, how do you push past fear? And it's got to be different for everyone in every situation, but like if you could come up with a step-by-step -step process <laughs> uh, Give us the what would it be and is the only way to face your fear facing it like is the only way to get over it facing it because mm -hmm. I don't want to <laughs> that is such a good question I don't have a step-by-step -step. red you step in and I'm going to collect my thoughts okay what's your, so, what's your answer so the first thing that comes to my mind for me is you've heard me say this phrase regularly but if so I here's the deal no nope, <laughs> I don't say that phrase anymore <laughs> If I think I can't, then I must. And if I must, I will. And moving things from a should to a must is where results happen. You, you can't think your way out of a fear. You can't think your way out of a failure. You take action. Action, it's movement. It, the movement creates endorphins, and endorphins lead to better success. But sometimes I fall into this trap where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here and have deep thoughts. And these <laughs> deep thoughts are going to pull me out of the ditch. There's a time and a place for self-reflection, but action covers a multitude. There, there's a story uh, a long time ago. Uh, the story goes that there was a man who was in charge of, of looking over a bunch of sheep. And, and the sheep, he, he was a, a servant. All these sheep get scattered by some of the bad guys. Sheep are everywhere. And it says all the servants with him wept 
for the fear of being slain. The king at the time had this pattern of killing anyone that had their sheep scattered. And this particular leader, when he sees this, the sheep scattered, instead of crying, he says, when I saw this, my heart was swollen within him, within me with joy. For I said, now's my chance to show forth the power with which is in me that I might lead others to believe in my words. And so this guy ends up, everyone else is crying, sitting there saying, the sheep are scattered, we're going to die. And this guy's like, this is my chance. And, in, and rather than thinking that through and coming up with a strategy or thinking about why he's going to die, he got up and took action and gathered the sheep. I mean, if, if he would have fallen under the pattern of thinking, I'm going to sit here and fill this versus taking action. And I know this is a, this is a really broad stroke, but I think there's power in taking action by taking action. That's a great idea. Like I'm, I am, I have fear that if I were to take crack cocaine, that I would become addicted and, and that it would cost me my life and my family and my career. That's not a fear that I'm going to confront by taking action to do drugs just because I'm fearful of it. I think, I think the fear that I have that is preventing me from accomplishing something that's deeply important to me, that is worth me heading off. But if it's just fear for fear's sake, heading off all fear seems like it would be reckless. Like I'm, I'm fearful at going 200 miles an hour in my 2000 Toyota Corolla. That's a pretty founded fear. <laughs> yeah. That's necessary. Oh. <laughs> Erica, now you've collected your thoughts this yeah. Album. So I agree with I agree with most of it. I think in that though, I mean, because we all have very different types of personalities and lives and things we're good at and things we're not good at. Um, Red, you're a doer, big time, right? Would everyone agree with this that he's a doer? Yeah. And so I think that's very in line with how you approach fear. Um, and I'm somewhat of a doer too, so I relate to that. But I know that there are others that that's just possibly not part of their process. So I say I face the fear create action, but also be really compassionate when you suck at it. <laughs> I <laughs> feel like, great. I That's feel like self-compassion nice. has to be a huge part. Like if we're talking about what's next, getting better at being nice to yourself is totally next. Like if we're talking about what, what, Marco was saying with sitting with his fear, that's going to be uncomfortable and you're probably going to suck at it at first and you're going to be mad that you're fearful or whatever, that you have to get better at being kind to yourself because then that creates the more possibility that you're going to keep trying to be acting towards that fear and and keep trying to do hard things and create more positive experiences but you're going to suck often and we all do and so that yeah that self-compassion element is huge and that's that's a huge part I think of what my work is is getting people to accept well be aware accept move forward create change but also be compassionate when it doesn't go the way you want it to because it won't often. <laughs> and if and if you can change your success to just going through that process, then it might be going exactly the way you want it. If, yeah, if you can you've reprogram your whole perspective uh -huh. of what of what success equals, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Like why can't like just be your own cheerleader, <laughs> even just for one day? <laughs> yeah. Well, and we think about this. I mean, I sit and talk to people, and I give them the the simplest of ex. ex like examples, and yet it can create such a shift. So think of 
a really nice friend, you're one of your dearest friends, and they're going through a really, really hard time. And how do you comfort them? Give me answers. What do you do to comfort them? You listen. Listen. Okay. Like full attention. Full attention. Put your phone away. Do I, you go, judge them? I go for carbohydrates. I give people give carbohydrates. Them food. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feed them with love. Comfort through the stomach. What else? Do you touch them? Do you hug them? Of yes. course. Yes. Yeah. So like physical touch, compassion, closeness. Do you judge them? No. No. Not at all. If anything, do you like love them more? When someone shares something hard with us, like we honor that. Most of us. And if they don't, they're out of the circle. Right. They're not the ones yeah. we're talking about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so all of those things, listening, cheerleading, <laughs> c- comforting physically, um, non-judgment, those all apply to ourselves too. And yet we're so good at doing the exact opposite. We're very critical. We're distant. We are not aware of what's really going on. Um, and, and when I say physical touch, I mean it. Sometimes like right now I'm putting my hand on my chest like that simple thing can create warmth and kindness like from me to me I had a girl once that all she did was just clench her her fist and yet that intention of of like I'm here for you and I'm clenching my fist to remind you that I'm here had an impact on her and so similar things that we do to people every day that we love really really can have a great influence on doing to ourselves we just aren't good at it (laughs) I love that. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, like, okay, this is weird. And you really want to know if, like, it's not just me because it's got to not just be me, right? It isn't. Um, so do you ever just, like, you're so afraid of something? And, okay, I've, I'm just going to describe this like me. I get so afraid of something. I'm like, I'm never going to do that. That's impossible. I can't. This is freaking me out, right? And I get super stressed out about it. And it's just not going to happen. But then something, like, switches and I don't know how. And it's just like, I'm just going to do it. It's just it. I, I have to. And I just do it. And I'm like, what goes to like change from that mindset? And like, is that a, is there a term for this? I, I'm like, please, please prescribe what is going on. There probably is a term and I don't know what it is. We can make up a term. Let's make it up. <laughs> let's let's coin it, it. What's the term? Can we share coin? It's the, let's, it's let's take the London shift. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone experience the it London shift? The London shift. Okay. So that reminded me of story. Um, because I think it comes to a point where you're just stopping to overthink and that's what the shift is. It's like, okay, I'm done thinking about this. I'm just going to jump off the cliff. (laughs) So there was a time when I was in college, um, I worked on the ropes course out in at Targi. They had a ropes course and they don't have it anymore, but I worked at the top of a zip line one weekend. I would just go help on weekends sometimes. And there was this girl that was coming up and she has to climb to the top of like a 30 foot, 30 foot pole. And that all by itself was so hard trembling by the time she got to me and we, there's just this small platform uh, at the top of this pole and that's where she hooks into the zip line or that's when anyone's hooks in and then they zip along and have a fun time so she was just completely leveled with anxiety by the time she got to me and completely overthinking it and so worried and so it took so much time to help her calm down and then talk through okay this is the equipment and this is what's going to happen next and this is how you're safe because she's so worried about her safety and this fear is just overwhelming and I had clipped her in and I was trying to walk her through like even the science of the equipment and how much it would hold. She was a larger girl. So I think that was part of it too, that she was worried, is this going to hold me? And then she got to a point and she's totally like sitting on the platform. Usually you're standing and she was sitting, edging, 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 and just so (laughs) scared. And then all of a sudden just went. 
And most people will do that at some point. They just leave and go. And and then screaming joy or fear or whatever <laughs> was going on for the rest of that, that zip line experience. And after that, what happened, she got off ran to the bottom of the pole and was right back up again. So I think it's a matter of not overthinking it, just jumping into it. And more times than not, it's exhilarating. Getting over that fear, it can be totally worth it. And it it, it makes you more invested to, to do it over again and again and again. And I've I've seen that, like with vulnerability, I think it can be the same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go. I'm going to talk in the middle of Sunday school and I don't agree with what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the thrill of that. And, <laughs> and the thrill of that. And afterwards, maybe there's some negative feedback and then there's some positive ones and it makes it, it creates this full loop of like, okay, that was worth it. That was hard and it was scary, but it was worth it. So the London shift, I like it. That's what we're calling it now. <laughs> I feel <Nailed> honored. It. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very educated, you know, like it just, it works. That will go right into science somewhere. <laughs> you did patent that. <laughs> you know what, I, what I'd like to do if, if you're okay with it, Erica, I'd like to, I'd like to take the comments from those that are, are listening and to be able to, to feed those. And I, and I realized that, um, you don't have unlimited amount of time, but I wonder if those that are listening, if you could send a note either, either to me on my cell phone, 208-254-0833, or, or message us on Instagram at Brother Reg. I would love to be able to compile those and look for themes and then, and then maybe we have a couple of bonus, a, a couple of bonus tracks here and there where we can Maybe address some of them if you're willing. Especially if we're finding themes within those questions, we can have a whole new topic. I would love it. Yeah. 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 Totally. That'd be so cool. That sounds great. Also for, um, and I've got a special request. I need you as listeners to help me with this. Some people have been telling me that I need to have like a famous, not famous, to have like this thing that we say when we sign off. Like or, a catchphrase? Yes, a catchphrase. <laughs> this is the 2000s? <laughs> is this the 2000s things? <laughs> I don't know. I just you were like born in that. the 2000s. Don't try to cheapen that. I was not born in the 2000s. <laughs> when? 98. Thank you very much. All right, fine. <laughs> <Barely>. <laughs> Under but, the line. But I want to like think of a fun thing. So if any listener thinks of some goofy thing, someone said that I should rap. Do you guys think, <laughs> do you guys think that I should rap as the intro to start the podcast? You should see Marco's face right now. (laughs) I think that would be legit. There's a kind smile of skepticism. Don't be, don't be judging. (laughs) Follow your dreams, Reg. That's all I got to (laughs) say. All right. We'll see what people think. All right. We'll take a poll. Yeah. If people say rap, I'm in. Are we doing a, you could rap an exit. Yeah, maybe. It'd be cool. But I, I want to once again thank Erica for coming and being a part of the fear of failure part two. And then I also, as always, recognize Marco at London, Sarah Lynn, Taylor, everyone that makes this, this amazing. And our cute little Rocco, who's now been present for like three episodes. He's four <laughs> yes. weeks old now. Man, he will never know a life without the podcast. He doesn't know what a legend he <laughs> is. So cute. Oh, I got to tell you one cute thing before we end. Cortland... Our five-year-old girl, I'm pretty sure she's five. Um, <laughs> Cortland, the other day, it was the morning. It was yesterday morning. She's like, but dad, you can't go to work like I haven't listened to the podcast yet. <laughs> and I thought, I, I've been thinking about this. And what a beautiful extension this this is for 
for me and and I'm grateful for those that listen to this that it's an extension of my of my soul those that come and contribute and it was really special to think about my kids having something that that represents my inner thoughts that I don't always take the time to express and now they can live on uh for for time long time to come so mm-hmm. thank you're you talking for about being your posterity it's already happening yes you know this is your live journal that's mm-hmm. so cool so i love that yeah. i love i love having you a part of it and i would love more ideas of of areas that you'd like to ex- explore on the podcast we're open we're giving you our best much love peace out my friends bye see you later Goodbye.